0: morning, everyone. It's wonderful to see you. It's wonderful to be in worship together this morning on the second Sunday of Advent. And today we're continuing our, our series for Advent from generation to generation. That'll be um, uh, our series for worship, but also for study. Uh, and I, I do hope you'll join us for our, our Sunday school class uh, directly below us in, in the fellowship hall after service, where we'll dig deeper into this, this text and do a craft for folks that like crafts. I'm not crafty, but um, I get to talk about the Bible passage more, and, and Miss Joanne will help help guide us on some crafts, and it'll all come together, I promise. But um, today we continue this series, and we turn to a familiar text in, as in the lead up to the story of Christ's birth, and that is the Annunciation, when Mary's visited by the angel uh, to tell her the news of, of her role in God's plan of redemption in the world. I invite you friends to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the first chapter of Luke, beginning with the 26th verse. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. And Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. And the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. As a child of the eighties and nineties, I joined many of my peers in the trends of the day. From grunge music, if you can believe that, to beanie babies, I'll be honest, I never really understood that one, to the carousel of video game consoles that were in vogue uh, each year. But this week I was reminded of a poster that was on the wall of my adolescent bedroom for years from an odd, extreme sports brand, No Fear. The poster featured a guy mid-air on a dirt bike with some quote, to be honest, I can't remember, but can assure you it was equally cheesy and ridiculous, and somehow Teenage Jim found it motivational. But what I do remember was the brand name and their signature, prominent, edgy font that read, No Of all the emotions in the human experience, to me, the most fascinating and perplexing one has to be fear. On the one hand, we take precautionary measures to avoid fear. I'm looking at all of you arachnophobes out there who won't go anywhere near a spider. Now, biologically, this makes sense, right? that our bodies will react in ways that might protect us from things that could harm us. You know, that chill we get down our spines is our body trying to protect us from something we think is dangerous, whether or not it actually is. But while we avoid things of which we are afraid, at the same time, we're also a bit curious about them too, right? If we weren't, Stephen King, Alfred Hitchcock, and other beloved authors and filmmakers of the horror genre wouldn't be the household names we know them by today. It's the reason every horror movie includes at least one scene in which the character does something completely bonkers, like leave, uh, like follow the strange noise in the other room or open the door to a strange unknown knock. As humans, we are both resistant towards and curious of that from which we are afraid. Such a complex human relationship to fear makes the slogan, no fear, feel all the more absurd today. This dual complex relationship with fear comes into play in our readings this morning on the second Sunday of Advent. When you think about it, fear is one of the common threads between our two readings. In the Isaiah reading, the prophet foretells of the great Davidic king who is coming and the great peace in the land that will come from his reign, the, the reign in which predator and prey will live peacefully together. But the prophet begins his description of the king by describing his spirit that will what? Delight in the fear of the Lord. That phrase, fear of the Lord, has baffled Christians for centuries, yet it is all over the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. My favorite of which is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We wonder, why should we fear God? Especially when that same prophet Isaiah will share the angel's words to Mary, saying, do not be afraid. The word for fear in Hebrew used in our reading and is the most common one used throughout the Old Testament is yira. While it means fear as we understand it, it can also mean awe, wonder, reverence. And it's this kind of deep, complex fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. Sure, a little bit of fear or caution, but also awe, wonder, curiosity, reverence, a kind of awe, a kind of wonder, a kind of deep trust for God, which might also have this sense of caution to it. As we fast forward to our second reading of the Annunciation, we see this complex understanding of fear all over again. Yet the wording looks a bit different. The scene begins with the angel Gabriel finding Mary, a virgin or a young woman engaged to be married to Joseph of Nazareth. As a woman and particularly as a young unmarried woman, Mary was without any sort of status in her day. She had no standing in the community, nor do we even learn that she's from an important family after all it's Joseph's family or fiance's family that connects her to the line of David. All this lead up Luke provides tells us and would certainly tell a first century reader at the time that there is nothing at all special about this young woman, at first glance at least. Yet it is just to her that the angel comes and greets her saying, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. The angel, the messenger of God, comes to marry a woman with no status from a flyover town and calls her favored and says, God is with you. Of course, Mary is perplexed and confused by this. And how does the angel respond to her in this complexity, this this um, confusion? How does the angel respond? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I learned this week that between the Old and New Testaments, one scholar counted that this phrase is uttered some 365 times throughout the Bible. And it's most frequently said by God, Jesus, or in this case, an emissary for God, an angel or a prophet. Isn't that interesting that virtually any time God shows up in Scripture, whether it's God and God's self or an angel or a messenger for God, the natural human response for that, for God showing up, is fear. It just shows our complex relationship with this feeling of fear. On the one hand, Scripture commends fear, the fear, the awe, the wonder of the Lord. But on the other hand, God tells us not to fear. It's a little confusing to say the least, Right? How do we make sense of these conflicting commands? To me, I think the two commands are better understood when they're, when they're held in tension with one another. And when we hold these two commands that seem diametrically opposed, when we hold them in tension with one another, we might better learn how to navigate the choppy waters of fear in our relationship with fear in the human life. Now, once we make the jump from the Old to the New Testament, the language changes from Hebrew to Greek. The Hebrew Yirah is replaced by the Greek phobos. This term, while carrying some overlap with its Hebrew counterpart, also carries within it a sense of withdrawal. A fear that doesn't so much inspire awe as much as it causes dread. It causes avoidance. It causes you to shut down. It's a debilitating fear that crushes one's spirit and makes them unable to stand back up. It's no wonder that this is the word from which we get phobia today. As many phobias debilitate and hold us back from living our best lives. It's to this sense of fear, friends, that the angel speaks up saying, Do not be afraid. And I think our language here, translating from Greek to English, doesn't really do this phrase justice. The Greek here, and virtually anywhere in the New Testament this occurs, where it says do not be afraid, is me phobu. We covered the phobos verb already, but this little particle me is what's fascinating to me. It simply means no, not, or maybe just simply un. So the angel's words are, no, fear, unfear, not fear. This command almost sounds as if we are to take the fear that is resting on us and just simply brush it off our shoulders. Through the voice of the angel, God invites Mary to brush fear off her shoulders as she ponders her role as the bearer of God. This doesn't mean that Mary will never be afraid again. I want us to be really clear about that. After all, Mary has every right to be afraid at this moment. Not only has God shown up and given her this big, important role in bringing about God's kingdom, she will now also face the social stigma of the time of being pregnant outside of marriage. Add to all this fear that she'll now also give birth which in the ancient world was among the most dangerous tasks one could undertake. Mary certainly has a lot to fear. Yet she takes the angel's words to heart and responds, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. There's something here in Mary's encounter that is really life-giving. It's really powerful, friends. Her calm, collected faithfulness is a powerful witness on its own. But there's something else. God invites Mary to unfear, to brush fear off her shoulders. This doesn't mean that fear will never come her way again. Instead, what this invitation means, may bu, is that she no longer has to let fear control or constrain her life. Mephobu means that fear can no longer hold her back. It can no longer limit her. The question becomes, how can she do this? How can she follow that command? If we look back a little bit to the angel's first words to Mary, greetings, favored one. What does the angel say next? The Lord is with you. God is with Mary. God has shown up and has met Mary in the midst of her fear, in the midst of her doubt. It is through God's presence, it is through her trust that God is there with her that she can confidently brush the fear off of her shoulder and not let it hold her back. Will she still have moments of fear? Absolutely. But the difference is The difference is that this fear neither controls nor defines her, as she is boldly able to accept her role as the bearer of God into the world. Friends, we can share in Mary's confidence here. We can share in her ability to brush fear off her shoulder. Let's all do that. Anyone feel like doing something funny today? Just brush a little fear off her shoulder. We can share in this, friends, because the very child she's bringing into the world is who? Emmanuel. God is with us. Through Jesus, we can trust that God has, God will, and God will continue to show up and meet us in our fear. Through Jesus, God has entered our very reality and experienced both the heights of human joy in the depths of human pain and suffering. Through Jesus, we trust in a God who shows up and keeps showing up and is with us no matter what we face, in our deepest fears and struggle as well as our highest joys. So friends, as we continue to journey on to Bethlehem, may we seek to emulate Mary's trust that God meets us just where we are and just as we are. That God meets us even in our deepest fears and invites us to confidently brush it off our shoulder. That we might no longer let fear define or control our lives. Friends, may it be so. And may we not let fear define or control us ever again.